Welcome to Views from the North, a Canadian rates and macro podcast. This week, Darren Campbell joins us again from BMO's sales desk. This week's episode is titled, Should They Stay or Should They Go? I'm Ben Reitzis, and welcome to Views from the North. Each episode, I will be joined by members of BMO's FIC sales and trading desk to bring you perspectives on the Canadian rates market and the macro economy. We strive to keep this show as interactive as possible by responding directly to questions submitted by our listeners and clients. We value your feedback, so please don't hesitate to reach out with any topics you'd like to hear about. I can be found on Bloomberg or via email at benjamin.reitzes at bmo.com. That's benjamin.reitzes at bmo.com. Your input is valued and greatly appreciated. The views expressed here are those of the participants and not those of BMO Capital Markets, its affiliates, or subsidiaries. Darren, welcome back to the show. Uh, it's good to good to have you back on. First episode of uh, 2022. Some scheduling snafus uh, kind of delayed us till this week, but uh, happy to be back on the air again. Well, thanks for the invite, invite Ben. Looking forward to it. This week, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna talk about the Bank of Canada, uh, big big meeting next week, and then all of a sudden the uh, the meeting is live, just like that. I uh, couldn't have said the same thing a couple weeks ago, but things have changed notably. The data have been extraordinarily strong. Uh, you started with jobs and, and so on and so forth from there. We could, we'll touch on uh, the, the latest data uh, in a bit, but it's pretty clear that that there's, I mean, at least kind of even odds at the, at the bank this week. I think uh, at, at this point in the market's upwards of uh, 70% price or so. And whether they go this month or not, I think March is, is a done deal. Uh, before I, I go on my long Bank of Canada harangue, Darren, what, what, what are your thoughts on the bank? here and what are you hearing from clients is is the broad consensus that they're going to go or is it split kind of like almost like what i have in my head kind of there's reasons on both sides that are both pretty good yeah i mean in, in short it's split you know and, and and that's reflected in the market pricing i think you know what's interesting is you're seeing different perspectives based on where the uh, where the investors are located you know i think that a lot of internationals are looking at it and saying the bank's going to go for sure you know, they're looking at the data, they are listening to what the Fed is saying. And, you know, it's, it's, it's quite clear to them that, that there's very little downside to, to act. You know, I, I think that the, the, the playbook and the way, the way COVID is evolving in, or the, 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 you know, Omicron in particular is evolving in, in other jurisdictions is not enough reason to, 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 to hold off. Um, you know, they, they, Quite clearly, wanted to be sending a very strong message to to the to the to the households in Canada that they were going to be getting in front of of inflation and and, and managing expectation. And you know, this is this is clearly an opportunity for, for them to do it. You know, they've got the data behind them. They've got the the cover from the Fed. Uh, you know, it's more some domestic clients that I think are taking the other side of that. You know, they're they're still in lockdown. They're looking at what's going on around. We still haven't. You know, arguably peaked in, in 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 various areas, and so I think that you know that's still the one thing that a lot of people are leaning on. You know, how can how can the bank be doing that? What's, what's you know what's what message are they sending? Um, so it's uh, it's definitely a very very interesting argument, and it's got uh, you know it's led to a lot of activity. You know, we're starting to see the the meeting dates trade again in in, in OIS quite a lot that's something that that really that really just died down dramatically last year um so we're seeing we're seeing a number of number of players come back into that market take views on on the current pricing 
you know, and um, there's no doubt about it, you know, January aside, there is just some pretty aggressive pricing <laughs> into the market right now. We've had quite a lot of attention on the on the July meeting in particular. That's five meetings out. And when that gets up to fully priced for four, you start to see some 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 investors get on the on the you know you know take the other side of that. So it's uh, it's definitely been been very active. Lots lots of interesting conversations. And next week will no doubt be uh, be be watched carefully. No, no, no doubt about that. Uh, that that it, it is, it is, a, it is a coin toss going into next week. I mean, on the side of hiking rates comes. I mean, that the business outlook survey was ridiculously strong, uh, and and I cannot emphasize that enough. In the survey itself, there was clear signs of a wage price spiral type of uh, event, kind of starting to, to to brew a little bit. Businesses clearly have the ability to raise prices now, and on top of that, wage increases have, have been ramping up, and, and um, a large percentage of firms are looking to raise their prices and are doing so in, in no small part because of inflation. Cost of living adjustments were, were a big driver of, of wage increases, and, and that that is what a wage price spiral is. So, I mean, that that's exactly what all central bankers want to avoid. And so uh, that that's a big reason, a, a big green light, I think. But uh, beyond just that one survey, uh, we also have the housing market crazy strong. Uh, prices up nearly 27% year over year. No, that's not normal. Uh, maybe that happens a lot in Canada, but that doesn't make it normal. And and so the the, the, the housing market uh, being where it is 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 a, a big also a green light. And and think about the timing. It, it January, uh, spring housing season kind of starts late March, April, depending on the weather, depending on how things go. But it, sales and activity really picks up in April. And if you were to get a couple of rate hikes in the bag, I think that would make it pretty clear what their bank's intentions are and uh, w- would help cool that spring season at least a little bit, which is I, I think is welcome at this point. You don't really want to see prices rising 30% year over year uh, on, on any consistent basis. Uh, and last but not least, inflation. They're an inflation targeting central bank. Inflation printed at uh, 4.8% this morning. And it's nice that that was on consensus, but it's two and a half times their target and core inflation ticked up as well. And so pretty much everything's pointing in the same direction. The only issues, and 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 they are big, one is, as Darren mentioned, I mean, COVID is, is, is still a problem in Canada and not not a small one. I mean, Ontario is still on lockdown. Quebec is still in lockdown. And, and uh, there's restrictions throughout the country. And, and those will probably ease over the coming weeks, but we're not there yet. And and January activity is probably going to be pretty terrible, and you got to believe that that January employment is also going to be pretty bad. So uh, you're staring down the barrel of some pretty poor numbers over the next six weeks or so. And do you want to be raising rates when that's happening? And and how does it look if you're raising rates when when people are kind of locked in their homes to some extent? Does not 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 the uh, not the best optics for the bank from that perspective. Uh, another aspect of this that that makes me reluctant to to be really pounding the table that they're going to go next week is, is communication. They've told us absolutely nothing. Uh, and if you go back to December, I mean, what has really changed since December? Not that much. I, I think the business outlook survey is the one thing that you can point to to be like, yeah, things have uh, really ramped up from an inflation perspective and and, and the bank and, and, and policymakers should very much be worried. But beyond that, I mean, employment was a little better. Sure. Uh, inflation was right on. It's it's right on the bank's expectations. And uh, if anything, Omicron's worsened things. The 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 the, the economy is not performing quite necessarily as well as as uh, maybe they they would have thought it would by now. I think absent COVID, sure, we'd we'd for sure be be looking at a rate hike here. But 
uh, we can't uh, ignore what's going on in the world around us. And reflecting that is the fact that I'm once again at home uh, recording this podcast from my wonderful bedroom, which doubles as my office where I clearly spend too much time. Uh, and, and, and Darren's at his house as well. So uh, he was lucky enough to be uh, to be in the office with me on the last uh, recording, but this time around, uh, not so much. So uh, a, a challenging environment in Canada for sure. Uh, Darren mentioned the, the the meeting gaps, and and I mean it, it is priced pretty aggressively at this point. You can can we rule out that that's what's going to happen? Definitely not. Uh, I mean July pricing a hundred basis points, a little over that, uh, is certainly aggressive. I, I think that's that should be a receive here. I mean I, I'm not sure the bank can be that much more aggressive. It is possible if inflation were to continue to ramp up that they, they might uh, be more aggressive and, and go every meeting this year. But that that's at this point uh, seems like a bit of a stretch just because uh, as much as I mentioned, housing's a reason to hike. It's also a, a limiting factor at the end of the day because they don't want to really break that market. So it, it's a toss up, uh, I think, for, for next week. But I think what's what's probably more important than whether they go next week or not is, is uh, just the bigger fact that their rate hikes are coming. Whether it's next week or in March, five weeks from 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 now or six weeks from now, rate hikes are coming. They're coming probably in succession, a number in succession, at least three in a row. I'm um, thinking rates get up to 1% in an awful hurry. So three straight rate hikes gets you to 1%. Then there's a pause. The bank pulls the trigger on quantitative tightening. That t- could take a few different uh, looks as well. Then they wait maybe a one or two or three meetings, and then they start hiking again. And, and at that point, it's going to be very much data dependent on uh, on how quickly they go and how far they go. Uh, and again, housing will, will play a big role there, but it, there, there's a non-zero probability, and I think it's probably way off of zero, uh, that, that rates end up being higher in this cycle than, than in the, the last cycle. Uh, and maybe the, the past 10 years end up being the outlier rather than the new normal. Darren, what, do you, what, what, what are you thinking for the bank? Are, are, are you, do you think they, can, they will raise rates in, in quick su- succession? Uh, I mean, we, we've had some, some of our competitors come out and, and say rate hikes every meeting pretty much this year. Do you think that's even doable? Uh, and, and what would it take maybe to get us there? I think it's doable. I think a lot of it has to do with the way that, you know, risk assets respond to state the obvious. You know, I think that there's, you know, you look at Canada and there is, um, you know, this this aggressive tightening campaign that the that the major central banks are, are preparing us for. I think that the reaction in risk assets has you know, certainly not been a concern as of yet. So, um, you know, at this stage, there's as, as long as as long as that holds in, uh, there's clearly going to be pressure on things like housing in Canada. I mean, I think that as the bank starts to get rates up, I think you're, you're really going to start to see it and feel it, and um, you know, that might be that might be enough for them to to, to need to slow or hit the brakes, but. You know, I think the biggest thing is 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 really just the way that risk assets holding globally, and um, if the fundamentals and the economy is strong enough to justify, um, you know, supporting current valuations, then you know that might be enough to, to to actually deliver on on what's currently priced. So, is it possible? Absolutely. I think that's the, you know, that's that's going to be the probably the you know the biggest determinant to state the obvious. Um, but you know, I do think at this stage, it's you know we're largely we're largely priced for that, you know. And I think um, you know, I think that what we're finding now is that there's there's very few people that are willing to to, to fade that right to take the, to to really take the other side of that. I think that what happened 
you know, October was, was so painful for, for clients, for the, um, you know, for the domestic dealers that there's just very few people that are willing to, to, to take the other side of that, you know? And, um, I think, you know, when you, when you, when you think back to our, to our last podcast, it was beginning of November, you know, we just had the bank and things had, had really, had really broken, right. The market had really, really suffered as we you'd lost a number of uh, participants and, uh, liquidity just dried up. And at that, at that time, we really, we thought that the, the most obvious, opportunity was to be stepping in and owning the front end of Canada uh, versus the U.S. We just felt that there needed to be, uh, that, that, that that needed to converge and whether or not that was, you know, taking out some of the aggressive pricing that immediately got put into Canada or, you know, more priced into, into the U.S. Uh, via higher expectations for the, around the terminal rate. You know, it turns out that it was that it that it was the latter. You know, that spread at the time was was around sixty basis points with Canada over the U.S. and and that's since since converged sub twenty. I mean, it's now around twenty basis points, and you'd argue uh, probably back to re, re, you know fair value. I think that if you if, if you've had that position on this is um, this is this is a level where you probably want to be want to be taking that trade off. Um, and that's probably you know more looking at the U.S. lag and what's currently priced into the U.S. with that with that more or less you know, fairly valued. But but yeah, no, can 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 they can they deliver on what's on what's priced for this year? Absolutely. You know, beyond that, it's going to be it'll be trickier. That's fair. That's fair. I think uh, you, you talked about risk assets holding in. I don't know. Don't tell that to uh, to tech shareholders as the Nasdaq uh, closed down more than 10% from its high now, officially in correction territory. So uh, some some markets are, are struggling. Uh, and, and and soon after our, our last podcast, I I went out there with my kind of bearish view on risk. And, and boy, was that wrong for six weeks. But uh, it's, it's look at, looking better now. And and I'm, I mean, I'm still pretty cautious on risk here, personally. I think it's a, a pretty, pretty challenging period when you have the Fed likely moving on rates in, in the very near future. I mean, and, and we're still not sure how hawkish they'll be at the end of the day, how aggressive they'll be on rates. Uh, so it, it is, I think, still a, a challenging period going forward. One of the topics that's come up over the past few weeks or so, it, it's pretty new, is, is, uh, is quantitative tightening. Uh, and, and, and a lot of that kicked off with, with, uh, with the Fed minutes. Uh, mentioning that it, it really has come up as, as a as a point of conversation for the Fed, and and uh, it, it will be coming likely this year for the Fed, probably in the second half of the year. There wasn't much attention paid in Canada on on potential Bank of Canada QT or quantitative tightening, but it, it's now a, a very topical point. We've spoken to a number of clients on it, and and it's surely coming in Canada as well. Uh, the bank can't be be uh, complacent about the size of their balance sheet. They have. Uh, Really uh, exploded it. I guess the question at this point is is how they how they divest their 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 government and candle holdings. A couple of possibilities: one, outright selling. I favor this me- method personally, just just because the market is is not as functional as it should be. Uh, Canada market, Provi market, CMB market, swap market, all of which have dislocations. All of which are in no small part due to excessive government and Canada bond holdings by the Bank of Canada. Uh, selling would help those issues. I don't think they'd necessarily fix them entirely and completely, but they would definitely help. Uh, so that that's the method I choose. I think it's complicated. I think it's challenging, but I mean, 
why wouldn't you want to do what's best for the market? Uh, since the market does transmit Bank of Canada policy, you should want it to function as best it can if you are that policymaker. The flip side, the other way to go about things is just to let bonds mature, which is uh, the easy way out, I think, uh, at this point. And, and uh, which one's more likely? I don't know. Maybe it's a, also 50-50 at this point. I'm sure the bank is, is, is deliberating on this. They have yet to give us any idea whatsoever. Uh, but the, but the, the topic itself got, got really good traction. So uh, it's clearly on the minds of investors. Darren, what, what, what do you think the takeaway was? All, all those conversations we had with, uh, with a number of investors over the past uh, two weeks or so on quantitative tightening, what, what was the key takeaway from, from the investor standpoint? And what's the, uh, what's the trade with, uh, to take advantage of, of eventual quantitative tightening? I think the key takeaway, I think, I think most people, first and foremost, surprised by by the numbers, you know, the, the the actual percentage of what the of what the bank owns relative to, you know, you look at the U.S. and it's. I think a lot of people are surprised to learn that it's significantly more in 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 Canada, right? And um, you know, I think that you know beyond that was the fact that it's just it it, it hasn't really been talked about. You know, I think that. You know, a little plug for you when that piece came out a week and a half ago, it was it was really well received. I mean, there were there was a great response to it. A lot of people wanted to get get on the line and talk about it. People still want to be hearing um, hearing your view and how you're thinking about it, especially given some of the conversation that you've had and, and the and the feedback that you've got. I think you've got a really sort of you know good perspective now on the way that 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 people are thinking about it, but. What's obvious is that it it needs to be discussed. <laughs> you know, I think that people are, are are really interested as to you know how how big of a consideration is this at the bank? Is it being talked about? Do they have a plan? Are they in control of of what this is going to look like? Um, I think th- I think that's what people really want to try to understand. Is just is is the is, is is how the bank is is thinking about it. How sensitive they are to this. So. And that's and that's a tough one, right? I mean, we'll, we'll only time will tell over over how they, um, you know, how well they they handle the the unwind if they if they choose to be uh, proactive about it or more, you know, just sort of let time pass, right? Um, but uh, the trade, <clears throat> who knows? There's going to be definitely some RV opportunities in in uh, on on the curve. Uh, there is going to be, you know, likely an opportunity in swap spreads. So, I mean, that's the space that we're we're watching. But there's no doubt there's going to be uh, significant bond RV opportunities that that start to emerge as you know we we begin to learn more on the topic. Yeah, I think that that that's right. Uh, swap spreads and, and some some RV in that uh, just some some points on the curve. There's there's too many kinks in the curve. So if, if they were to actively sell, um, I think that would help uh, undo some of those kinks that they've created in there, and and it uh, help would help narrow swap spreads at least to some extent. Uh, at a minimum, I guess the question is, what do they do? I mean, if if they if they just let their portfolio run off, probably none of that happens, and 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 those bonds that they own. 40, 50, 60% of, they stay rich and they stay rich for a while. Uh, and and, and I, I mean, I'm not even sure what would cause them to cheapen up and then they just stay permanently that way until we get to the point where they where they mature. Uh, the question is, can the Bank of Canada wait that long? Uh, is the cycle going to last long enough for, to get them to, to, to get for their balance sheet to get to a level that they're comfortable with? I'm not convinced that it will. Uh, stuff happens and, and downturns happen. 
COVID just happened. Uh, I mean, crises happen, and if the bank needs to cut rates again, it's clearly they're they're not going to be be shrinking their balance sheet at the same time. And so, uh, yes, rate hikes are, are coming soon. And and uh, I mean, whether they go the next week or not, I, I'm not sure. But uh, the rate hikes are coming. But the, there's no guarantee the cycle lasts long enough for the balance sheet to shrink at a, a natural pace. Uh, just letting those those bonds mature. So uh, that's why I think the focus should be on on selling. But that's just one guy's opinion. I think we'll hear from the bank at some point, maybe maybe in April uh, on, on this topic and then watch for speeches as well. Certainly possible we hear something uh, from, from that perspective. All right, Darren, I think that's enough on the bank. Uh, anything else, any other trades you're looking at right now? Anything uh, of interest? I think, I, think in, I mean, inflation, clearly very topical. I think that um, Canadian break-evens have... Have rich in a little bit versus the U.S., but still are arguably looking fairly cheap on a relative basis. And so, I think that you know, for accounts that are looking to to get short U.S. break evens and want to kind of hedge that position a little bit, being long Canada, I think is um, is is a pretty is a pretty reasonable trade. You know, and to just be, be monitoring that spread, uh, it's it's been trading in a fairly disciplined range um, over the last couple months but i think that you know opportunities to be to be buying canada on weakness versus the u.s especially for those people that are that are are looking to um you know just get short inflation generally in the u.s that's a that's a trade to consider and you know i think that the the curve in the front end is is interesting you know you look at we the trading desk is is pretty focused on things like the one year one year versus the five-year point and um you know, it is, it, it's at extremely attractive levels. <laughs> you know, I think that you look at the way that that curve typically trades into a, into a hiking cycle and it's, you know, it's, you typically want to be in flattening. Like when, 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 when that, when that happens, it's just safer to be in, in flattening. But if you look at the way that, you know, one year, one year versus the five year traded, for example, in the last tightening cycle in, in 17, the first order move after the first hike was, for that to actually, you know, re-steepen out a little bit, so we're at we're at ex- extreme levels now, um, extremely flat levels, and so to have that on, it, it's not to say that you can you can see some performance once they do start to move, but then you do want to be out of the trade quite quickly. Short-term tactical trade, uh, the one year, one year, five year. Um, that, from that perspective, I'm okay with it. I'm still biased toward flatting generally again as as you mentioned uh, that's just the direction of the curve when when rates start to move higher um on on inflation i mean you you've seen a lot of headlines just kind of almost bashing inflation trades and any anything that's inflation related is going to get hit here uh and as as maybe that the rhetoric around it has peaked and and to some extent i can i can sympathize with that but i mean that I don't think the answer we don't have an answer on this yet. Like we'll we'll see how much inflation slows in the back half of the year. Everybody thinks it will slow. I think it will slow, but I don't know how much it's going to slow. I think that that's really the question. Like, yeah, U.S. CPI is at seven percent now, but is it going to be at at like six something in the second half of the year? Or is it going to be at three something or four something in the second half of the year? Uh, same in Canada, we're we're close to five percent now. Uh, by the end of the year, are we going to be at 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 three and a half? Or are we going to be at four and a half or, or somewhere in the fours? Uh, I think that's more the question than anything else, and 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 I guess uh, depending on what your thoughts are there, that'll that'll be how the inflation trade uh, goes. But I think because everybody thinks you're going to get some deceleration through the back half of the year, uh, if that doesn't materialize, inflation products could do very very well uh, in the second half of the year. You could just get a wholesale repricing of the entire complex if if uh, inflation expectations become a little more durable. 
Uh, I think I'll leave it at that for this week. Uh, Darren, thanks for, for coming on the show. Uh, and uh, we'll look forward to the Bank of Canada's policy announcement next week. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, talk again uh, in a couple weeks. Thanks for coming on, Darren. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for listening to Views from the North, a Canadian rates and macro podcast. I hope you'll join me again for another episode. This podcast has been prepared with the assistance of employees of Bank of Montreal, BMO Nesbitt Burns Incorporated, and BMO Capital Markets Corporation. Together, BMO, who are involved in fixed income and foreign exchange sales and marketing efforts. Accordingly, it should be considered to be a product of the fixed income and foreign exchange businesses generally, and not a research report that reflects the views of disinterested research analysts. Notwithstanding the foregoing, this podcast should not be construed as an offer or the solicitation of an offer to sell or to buy or subscribe for any particular product or services, including, without limitation, any commodities, securities, or other financial instruments. We are not soliciting any specific action based on this podcast. It is for the general information of our clients. It does not constitute a recommendation or a suggestion that any investment or strategy referenced herein may be suitable for you. It does not take into account the particular investment objectives, financial conditions, or needs of individual clients. Nothing in this podcast constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a representation that any investment or strategy is suitable or appropriate to your unique circumstances, or otherwise constitutes an opinion or a recommendation to you. BMO is not providing advice regarding the value or advisability of trading in commodity interests, including futures contracts and commodity options, or any other activity which would cause BMO or any of its affiliates to be considered a commodity trading advisor under the U.S. Commodity Exchange Act. BMO is not undertaking to act as a swap advisor to you or in your best interests in you, to the extent applicable, will rely solely on advice from your qualified independent representative in making hedging or trading decisions. This podcast is not to be relied upon in substitution for the exercise of independent judgment. You should conduct your own independent analysis of the matters referred to herein, together with your qualified independent representative, if applicable. BMO assumes no responsibility for verification of the information in this podcast. No representation or warranty is made as to the accuracy or completeness of such information, and BMO accepts no liability whatsoever for any loss arising from any use of or reliance on this podcast. BMO assumes no obligation to correct or update this podcast. This podcast does not contain all information that may be required to evaluate any transaction or matter, and information may be available to BMO and or its affiliates that is not reflected herein. BMO and its affiliates may have positions, long or short, and affect transactions or make markets in securities mentioned herein, or provide advice or loans to, or participate in the underwriting or restructuring of the obligations of, issuers and companies mentioned herein. Moreover, BMO's trading desks may have acted on the basis of the information in this podcast. For further information, please go to bmocm.com slash macrohorizons slash legal.